Ben Fagan here with another episode of Career Cash, the podcast. And on this episode, I'm joined by producer of creative content at Wake Forest, Spencer Rubin. Spencer shares his journey to becoming a self-taught filming and editing mastermind. The work he produces is absolutely incredible, but he didn't start at the top. He's still building and he's learning a lot along the way, and he's here to share it all with you. It's an awesome conversation. Let's get to it. Welcome, 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 Spencer. I'm super excited to have you here, and, and I am excited to hear about your big career jump uh, where we're feeling powerful, and I'd say the number five, power five. So let's talk about that. What are you up to these days? Uh, yeah, so recently in the last couple months, uh, I made the move from Little Rock, Arkansas to uh, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, uh, working with Wake Forest University. So you mentioned power five. Um, one of the smallest schools, actually, I think the small school uh, in the power five spectrum, right? They, the student population, like 6,000, um, but a really cool opportunity to work with their athletic department and uh, going from Little Rock, where I was working with all 16 sports under their umbrella. I now get to really focus in and, and put a focus on uh, the men's soccer programs and the baseball programs here at Wake. So uh, a really cool opportunity that I felt was too good to, to pass up. And so a couple months ago, I made the move and um, had some surprises along the way so far. I, I've gotten to work with football, which it's my first time working with them. And I've had some, some really cool stuff come out of that um and just learning a lot i think that's the biggest thing is just learning from peers and learning with a growing department that really didn't have this type of talent between myself and the other four colleagues i work with um having that kind of talent and and quickly building something out of nothing has been really cool to see and be part of as well so just a fun move i mean honestly like the fact that uh you know i'm, I'm at a power five level and and I've gotten to kind of teach myself this stuff and I'm getting to work with others that are really good at what they do. Uh, it's just exciting overall. And before we dive too deep into anything here, I, I want to kind of go back into your path, your career path, because when you were here uh, studying at school, you were studying aviation and mm -hmm. it wasn't something, film wasn't something that you picked up or got into until later in your college career. So can you kind of touch on that to where it's something totally different? And like you said, you taught yourself uh, much of the things that you know now. So what was that whole journey like? Yeah, absolutely. So when I went to Lynn, uh, I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I was like, I was torn. I really wanted to do hospitality, which is what my dad was in. I really kind of grew up working with that. And at the same time, for some reason, I was like, oh, let me check out education. So I got to Lynn. I, I went in as a hospitality management major, um, had a class or two in education. That was really cool. I won't, I won't count that out at all. I thought that was like a cool little branch off. And um, in the end of things, you know, from that moment, I was like, you know, I, I think I'm going to stick with hospitality. I think it's a better move for me. I don't see myself being a teacher. Well, every day I walked out of the IBC building, I would look up and you see the planes. And like most people who went to Lynn or most people in Boca probably know, they look up and they see the planes with the white wings and it says Lynn Univ underneath it. And I was like, wow, like, you know what? I, I've always wanted to be a pilot. Like that was my thing is I've always wanted to be a pilot. Um, I've done a couple flying lessons previously and I was like this is it this is going to be it for me I'm making the switch so a semester into it I made the switch well while all that's going on the, my first week at Lynn I actually walked with a buddy David Zarlinski who a lot of people know at Lynn or, or knew um, he was going to an interview in the sports communications department in the athletic department and pretty much what sports communications does is anything you guys see on social media that goes out via an athletic department's account video photo uh, visual recaps, whether they be pictures, video, 
um, or even a, you know, a written recap, just giving you highlights of what happened in text form. That's the sports communications department. And I followed David up having no idea what any of that stuff was um, and followed him to an interview, which I would not suggest you do, but it ended up working out. It's one of those things. It's like, do I tell people to do that? No, absolutely not. It just happened to be that way. And it, and it worked. That was one of those things that happened to work out, but followed him up, had an interview, quickest interview of my life. Um, the, the director at the time, he said, you like sports? We're like, yeah. He goes, you want to work in sports? You want to learn what goes on behind the scenes? We're like, yeah. It's like, all right, you're in easiest interview of your life. And I was like, it absolutely was. You're, there's no question there. So, um, that interview went well. And then within a couple of days, I was manning a camera for the Lynn sports network, just a basic little camera. And, I didn't know anything about it, but it was cool. I was around sports, you know, I'm working on my degree at the same time, kind of doing this on the side. So uh, I'm pursuing my aviation degree. I, I spent a lot of time in this office, probably more so than I do in any classroom. And, and the way I like to look at it is like I was getting a second degree the whole time. Because starting uh, my freshman year is doing kind of basic stuff, working on the broadcast, you know, doing scoreboard for soccer, learning new sports, things like that. Um, running stats, you know, calling stats every once in a while, just to, just to learn, not necessarily a real game, but just practicing and getting a really good insight of what goes on behind the scenes in athletics. Well, my second year, or actually at that, I should say at the end of my first year, I also got a really cool opportunity to broadcast baseball. So while you were on the team, Ben, I, I was, you know, doing play-by-play -play for you guys um, as the number two student voice. In my second year, uh, I did kind of similar stuff, learning a little bit more, branching out, asking more about what goes into a production, what kind of goes into to a little bit deeper, just digging a little bit deeper. And then my final year there, I finally became the voice of the Fighting Knights. And that came because I saw Ari, who still does games here at Lynn. Uh, if you guys listen on the Lynn Sports Network, he uh, he was all by himself for a volleyball game. And I turned to, to one of the guys in the sports communication office and said, can, can I help him? Like, is that a thing? Like, can I... I don't know volleyball can I help him? He goes, yeah, if you learn volleyball in a week by the, the by the, the next match, go for it. And like, he was kind of joking, but I was like, I'm taking it as a challenge. So I spent the week like YouTubing coach Maluski, great dude, uh, head, head volleyball coach at Lynn. Um, he helped me out. He came up to the office and spent half an hour walking through terminology and understanding with it. Um, and then seven days later, I was up on the broadcast with Ari doing color. And from there, it kind of turned into this thing where Ari and I were kind of partners and parents were knowing about us. And it was really cool to, to kind of see it uh, from just like a student, an aviation student's perspective, just like it, it was weird. It was almost like something like this, like a podcast where Ari and I are just chatting and people are loving it on the other end. Uh, but that turned into women's basketball, men's basketball, baseball, softball, uh, came back and did a couple of soccer games. And, and so it was a it really just was an opportunity that grew and grew and grew from that first followed up interview I had in, in you know, my freshman year. Um, during the basketball season, my senior year, at the same time as broadcasting, the Ben's basketball team went on a little bit of a run in the Division Two, uh, you know, postseason, and they, um, I noticed they had no video coverage. You know, it's just something that we didn't really have. We did interviews and threw highlights on top, but there was no creative media going on. And I said, well, maybe I could do something. I saw something from Nova Southeastern. Tony Price is really good, creative. Uh, he went from Nova to Maryland, and now he works with the Orioles. He's like the director of video of creation with the Orioles, I believe, or creative video. But I saw some of the stuff at Nova, and I was like, why can't we do this? So I picked up a camera, and I said, I'm going to go for it. And I just started shooting, and, and, and what I thought looked creative, and put some stuff together here and there. Um, watched a lot of YouTube, and... I was editing in Final Cut Pro and I was finally
like maybe maybe it'll be better if I edit it in Premiere. Maybe my video will just get better if I edit it in Premiere. And um, you know, I downloaded Premiere thanks to Lynn and I started using Premiere and, and it didn't necessarily make the video quality better, right? But it gave me a little bit more insight of what I'm supposed to be doing and, and a little bit more access to my work. So uh, I started working with Premiere a little bit, um, watching a lot of YouTube, learning how to operate a camera. And um, from that point forward, I, I really just picked up on it and, and had a lot of fun. I look back at some of that video and I'm like, I cringe. I'm like, what is that? But in the end of things, what I do is to support the athletes and support the programs. And the same way that people were kind of responding to me and Ari on a broadcast, they were responding to some of the content that the men's basketball team and then, you know, beyond that, the baseball team and, and the uh, softball team were getting, you know, the athletes really loved it. Their parents loved it. The fans loved it. And that's what mattered. Um, when I was done there, I, uh, I I really wanted to stay in video, but I didn't feel confident enough to do so. So I went and worked for an airline I had actually interned for during my time at Lynn. I lived in Cleveland for a semester my sophomore year. And um, they brought me back as a recruiter, but I only agreed to become a recruiter under the understanding that I could do video. And I was like, can I please integrate some video into your marketing structure? I think that'd be really cool kind of testimonials, you know, behind the scenes type stuff. They were all about it. So I bought myself a little camera T7i uh, by Canon, a, a tripod off Amazon and a lavalier microphone off Amazon. I'm all in it for like, you know, 600 bucks or whatever, thanks to Sam's Club. And uh, yeah, not a sponsor, just love Sam's Club. Um, but um, myself, yeah, I've, I've <laughs> We'll talk about exactly. That. Yeah. Um, so I, I bought all that equipment, started doing stuff behind the scenes and finally got to the point where I understood the settings of a camera without, you know, relying on a YouTube video or leaning on my notes or, you know, could make an edit that looked very fluid and professional without relying on the eyes of others. And once I felt comfortable there, I said, you know, I think I really like sports media. I think that's where I want to be. And so I applied for a position at, um, University of Arkansas Little Rock to be a creative video graduate assistant and got the job went down there in the middle of COVID but that only made my job that more important so I spent a lot of time continuing to learn continue to get better understanding different parts of a camera understanding what lenses make sports videography look good understanding color um, editing styles effects things like that just to make myself a little bit better every day and uh, lucky for me, uh, I had a really good opportunity to come here to Wake Forest. And uh, ever since then, you know, I, I still learn. It's still a learning progress every day. I didn't major in videography. I didn't major in communications. I, I majored in flying airplanes. I got my pilot's license at Lynn. Um, but here I am, you know, manning a camera behind the, the end zone for a football game. And um, it, it's just what I do. And, and, and I love it. I mean, the fact that I'm self-taught is is something that you know I use outside of this world too. It just reminds me that if you really stick your head to it and you put your head to something, you can make it happen. So um, definitely, definitely have a lot of fun with what I do. Did, if you asked me three years ago, like, would you be doing video? No. If you asked me even five months ago, would you be at Wake Forest? I'll be frank with you. A year ago, I didn't know Wake Forest was Power Five. I used to get them and Wofford confused. Who's in the SoCon? So um, they had the same W, and I thought they were the exact same school. I had no idea they were different. So I, I'm happy to be here. And, and honestly, yeah, like I said, if you can, if you head to something, you can really, you can figure it out and you can make it happen. That's called, that's called growth, ladies and gentlemen. That's called growth. <laughs> but, um, no, I think that's so cool. And I have to ask when you're going through this process, when you're back at school, 
you're you're studying aviation that's what you're going to class for and then like you said all of a sudden i'm behind the camera wait now i'm calling volleyball games now i'm doing, <laughs> this, now I'm doing that you know did the thought ever cross your mind like what the heck am i doing here like i what like am i supposed to be doing this should i be doing like why is all this happening should i just be like okay let's this is just a hobby let me focus on aviation was that ever a thought like what you were doing in that that kind of environment I think one thing that was really beneficial at Lynn was that I had the ability to learn in the classroom through aviation. I could spend a lot of time in aviation, <coughs> excuse me, but one of the best parts was that there's so much external you can do outside of the classroom that the way I look at it is I got two degrees at Lynn. Um, one in the classroom, working with aviation, learning all that, um, as well as hands-on in an airplane. But I also spent up, you know, uh, the 20 hours a week of work study I could doing this stuff with athletics. And at no point did I feel like I was doing the wrong thing or doing the right thing, but I definitely felt appreciative because I had the opportunity to do both. And um, I, got a, I got a good education on both sides. I mean, the people that I was working with in the athletic communications office, I still rely on information in the back of my head that they've told me, you know, oh, this is why you can't do this. Oh, this is why you can do that. Um, today at Wake Forest, you know, literally today I was editing a, a interview video for a soccer coach and a couple of things remind me, oh, maybe I should pull this out because it's, you know, it's just little things that you're know, the consumer I wouldn't notice, but someone in my position or an athletic department would notice. And um, that's where the expectations at at this point. And so the fact that I was able to learn that not in a classroom, I was literally just just by trial and error and working with people that know what they're doing in the industry was really cool. What has that that transition been like or kind of growth been like from coming from Lynn, which is a division two and and these are not to say any they're just different environments, different ball games, you know, yeah. pros and cons on either end. You have Lynn at Division Two, you have uh Little Rock being a mid major, right? They're coming from the Sun Belt. Yeah. And, um and then going up to ACC with Wake Forest. So even even from the division one to division one, division two to division one. Uh, like I said, they're different, different ballgames. So what have been some of the big things or big takeaways you've learned from making those jumps and making those transitions? Yeah, I think that, you know, at the Division II level, the expectation is, is a little bit less in terms of quantity because there's less manpower. Um, sometimes resources are a little bit less. It really just depends. You know, at Lynn, for example, um, two years ago, the creative video industry was not where it is now. I think Tony Price stood out because he was at a level that could even be comfortable in, in today's world. And, um, you know, for that reason, they didn't invest in that kind of thing, but I made do with what I could. Um, but like I said, it really was, it, it's really a thing of, of manpower, I think, when it comes down to it. But even when you look at the offices at, at a D2 compared to a mid-major like Little Rock or even another mid-major in the Sun Belt, you've got a very similar structure. You know, you got one or two sports information directors, maybe three or maybe three or four. Um, you maybe have one creative running your department unless, you know, you've really decided to branch out. And that's something you're seeing now is that people are branching out and, and building creative departments at a, at a mid-major level. Um, you know, you're, you're investing in the equipment for that one person that's, that's doing creative or those two people that are doing creative. Um, but there's also a little bit more of a focus at the mid-major level of live production as well. So one thing I got to do at Little Rock, I got to work with our ESPN productions quite a bit for ESPN Plus. And um, that, was a, that was a huge focus. You know, in some points, it was a bigger focus than creative video. And I had to be understanding of that and learn from that and, and learn from my buddy Greg Sandercox, who was the broadcast coordinator at that point. Um, I, had to, I had to learn that kind of stuff and, and step up and, 
and grow outside of just that little shell of creative. Um, so that's one thing I think that's a little bit different is at the, at the mid-major level, you know, you've got this encompassed idea of, you know, you got to have live video, you got to have creative services, you got to have sports information, you got to have media control. Um, but it's more condensed because it's a smaller, it's a smaller network. You know, the, the schools aren't as big. They're not getting as much attention as a power five school at the D two level, even less than that. You're really focused on the internal aspects. You're working on, you know, the followers you have on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, um, your social media presence, you're working on your recaps because the parents love to read those. And you might not be able to provide as many uh, live covered games, things like that. And then at the big level, at the ACC level, I'm noticing that you have the manpower, you have the resources, um, and I'm speaking just based on my experience, but we have the main power, we have the resources, we can really put focus on on specific sports on exactly what kind of projects we want. Um, you know, we can have six people at a football game shooting. So things like that, um, just at a base level are, are what I'm noticing the difference between the three. That's, that's so, so interesting to me. And one thing that you, you touched on there, um, which I think is a cool piece because it goes uh, across different industries, not just necessarily in the creative realm, but in business in general. And just, I think almost advocating for yourself as, as a person, as a professional, is you talked about this idea of filming, editing, that equipment necessary to produce high quality stuff, extremely expensive, as you know, as I know from, you know, very yeah. well aware, because I know you've done a lot of personal investing into your equipment. So when you're going to a, you know, uh, athletic director or the communications director, whoever is the big decision maker and saying, hey, you know, this is what we need to get to where we want to get to. Or I, if you get me this equipment, I can, you know, catapult our, our quality, you know, that much higher. How do you have those conversations in a way to where it's like that, that institution or that department is really investing a lot of money into one person where it almost seemingly is difficult to see the payoff? But you know, like from being somebody in your position where it's like, yes, getting this lens or getting this camera is going to make a world of a difference. Uh, how do you have those conversations? Yeah, I think that it just depends on where you're at. Like at the at Little Rock, I had a, you know, it was a little bit harder because budgets are a little bit tighter. And, and maybe that's not the primary focus. Like I mentioned, maybe we're really trying to focus on, on making sure ESPN Plus is off the ground. So we're putting a little bit more money into that. Or... Um, you know, maybe we're, we're really focusing on, on our marketing efforts. We're putting money into that. Well, if you can tie all those things together and say, hey, by me doing this, it's going to help you with your ESPN. It's going to help you with your marketing. That was that was really helpful. Um, and it, that really goes at any level. Um, here at Wake, you know, I would say it's it's a little bit, and I, I would guess anywhere where you're at and, and or anywhere I've been, um, it's like a snowball effect. It's like, you know, you, you, once you get that first ball and you start to rolling and they can see, Oh, you know, we, we, this is the lens we bought. This is the camera we bought. That looks really, really good. And we can turn around and go, this is what you bought us. This is what we're giving you. It's worth twice as much now because you can do X, Y, Z with it. They're like, okay, let's buy one more. And then let's buy one more and let's buy one more. And you know, what else do we need all the way down to the joke we have in the office right now is about batteries because, we have legit 20 batteries for five camera bodies and people are like, well, why do you need those? It's like, well, if you want us to continue shooting and, and be able to turn around from event to event to event, we need batteries, right? Um, it's just an expense that you need to mark on, on the sheet. And so little things like that come over time because, you know, you say, okay, we have two batteries, we have a camera body and we have a prime lens. This is what we made. And they say, okay, well, can you, can you turn around and do that again for this other team at, at two o'clock after doing it at noon? And you're like, well, I've only got two batteries, right? And I, I can't. So then you're like, okay, well, we need to buy more batteries. And it's, it's a realization 
um, especially when you're working with people that it's a second language to them. Um, it's more of a realization of putting two and two together because in, in their world, they're not focused on, on creative video. You know, for example, my boss is so many people under him. He's everything from, he's a fan experience in marketing uh, athletic director. And so he has everything from fan experience, marketing, um, a little bit of communications. He's got us under him. So he's, he's, there's a lot going on, right? He's got to make sure that a football game gets produced in house. Um, you know, the last thing he's thinking about is our batteries for our little mirrorless camera. So when we can turn around midweek and, and show them this is what this is for, um, it definitely helps. So I would say the best way that we've been able to prove it, and I've been able to prove it even when I was at Little Rock, was just by uh, turning around and showing what products can come out of the purchases. I love it. That, that's, so, that's so cool. And, and that's why there's that application there, because it, like you're saying, it is a second language. So when you're in this lane and you're an expert in your field, whether it's an investment, whether it's in digital design, hospitality, whatever yeah. it is, you might be talking with decision makers who, like you said, are experts in their field, but have a lot to, to kind of uh, take care of under their umbrella. So you have to put it and put, pitch it in a way that, you know, makes sense and is, is digestible for them. So I think that's Absolutely. so neat. Um, now, now, talking about your experience there at Wake Forest, before we started recording here on the call, you said that this week's a little bit slower for you. You got a bye week for football and it, it's putting you in this almost limbo area where it's like you, you have the pros and the cons of having enough time. What is that kind of like? And what do you mean by that in somebody in your position? How do you handle a situation like that? Yeah, one thing that, that I've noticed in the industry, especially over the last year with COVID and, and you know, there's, there was a lot of layoffs in our industry. There's been a lot of people moving out of it. And a lot of it has to do with low pay, a lot of hours. And so one thing that we're really fortunate to have is we do have the ability to take time. They're not in the normal, you know, nine to five, Monday through Friday, we're working. And every time, every, you know, every piece of hour after that is us to ourselves. It's not usually like that, you know, a football game, I'll just, I'll just walk you guys through it. Let's say we had a noon kickoff football game on a Saturday. I mean, I'm showing up to the office at 7.30. We're packing up gear, the five of us. We're driving over to the field. We're unloading the gear. We're organizing in the media room. You know, I'm going around on a stabilizer getting um, getting shots of, of the stadium. Um, and, and hold on. We're going to have to pause because someone's actually calling me from work. Live TV, folks. We're back. And we're back. And we're back. And we're back. Just like that. Sure, a short commercial break brought to you by uh, Dial Tones. So, yeah, we, like I mentioned, we're, you know, noon kickoff. We're showing up at 7 o'clock, uh, if not a little bit later. Um, packing up the car, driving over to the football field, unloading, um, organizing all of our gear. You know, everyone kind of has assignments. We'll have a meeting earlier in the week. And then, um, you know, one of the main things I do is, is starting bright and early at 8 o'clock. I'm going to get, in, you know, scene setting shots of the stadium, climbing up you know, to the top of the bleachers on the visitor side just to get a cool shot of the flag or, you know, walking a quarter mile down the parking lots just to get some cool, you know, fan shots of them tailgating, things like that. Um, but nonetheless, it takes a whole day, right? We're starting at seven, games at noon. A football game takes three to three and a half hours on average. Knock on wood, now the rest of the season, it's going to be like four and a half hours for a football game. Um, but, uh, you know, we're, we're there I, realistically from seven to, I don't know, seven or eight in, in, at night, um, just because we have to go back to the office, unload the gear. Um, we have to pull our footage so that the, the guy who's editing football knows where everything is and it's organized. Um, it, it's a long day. And that's just, that's a Saturday, right? Where the normal person who's working a nine to five business job may not be doing that. They may, you know, respect their Saturday and get to hang out and watch college football. 
that, that's the reality and the nitty gritty of, of what's going on behind the college football. Um, and that's just from a video guy's perspective. I don't even know what the equipment guys are doing. I mean, they're up at probably like 3 a.m., if not sleeping the night before. Um, so that's where it's at. So, you know, sometimes like this on a Wednesday at three o'clock, I have the ability to, to come home and, and just kind of decompress a little bit because my workload's a little bit lighter. And, and even at a, you know, in a perspective of a, a smaller sport like soccer, uh, we've got two games a week going on on Tuesday nights at seven and then Friday or Saturday at seven as well. So that's a pretty quick turnaround. Um, we do a really good job of organizing what type of stuff we want throughout the week. That gives me a good time or a good base to, to plan out my week and organize what I need to be getting done. Um, and then organize as well some personal time because I know that I'm just going to turn around and end up working on the weekend again. So um, work-life balance is really big in this industry. Like I started, people are leaving just because there's too many hours and not enough you know, money um, being put into it. But I've had a really fortunate opportunity here to actually get to spend a few hours at home and, and, and really try to equate that. You know, is it exactly the 48 hours I get at home on a normal job? Probably not. But at least I'm getting to spend time at home and, and not have to stare at my work computer, um, you know, for, for 60, 70 hours a week, every single week. Some weeks are busy, but other times I get the opportunity to do this. And, and honestly, most weeks are busy. Like I mentioned, today's a, you know, this week's kind of an oddity since there's a bye week. I'm not focusing on football and I'm not, you know, I'm not worried about how am I going to handle three games in a span of two days and things like that. So, yeah, definitely, definitely appreciate the work-life balance that I'm able to have. Was that a challenge for you finding that work-life balance as you kind of move through the different schools or some positions easier? Or is it something that's just becoming easier over time for you? Yeah. I mean, at Lynn, it's like hard to compare it, right? Cause I'm a student. So every day is life and no day is work. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but the, at Lynn, I, I mean, if you really think about it, I was putting upwards of 70 hours into work between the school and, and the athletic department. Um, you know, oftentimes I'm coming home at two o'clock because I didn't edit for, for basketball that night. So uh, a lot of hours there. And that's once again, just manpower. You know, if you have less manpower focusing on more things, you're going to end up putting a lot more time into it. And same thing at Little Rock. I was a graduate assistant, but I was spending a lot of time working on work. And at the same time, I was working on my uh, grad degree. So as you know, that's, you know, it's not an easy task, especially when it's in a condensed period of time. So really didn't have any lifetime. I did every once in a while, you know, maybe if all sports were out of, uh, out of town for that weekend, which rarely happens because they tried not do that considering staff is small. Uh, they try to make sure that, you know, one team's here, one team's away and things like that. But, um, and then coming here, yeah, it's a little bit of a step back, but at the same time, as much as I enjoy having the time to myself, I really try to utilize that, that time if possible. Cause if, if I'm not doing, if I'm not editing, which I do because I have fun with it, I don't do it cause I have to, right. It's a, it's something fun to me. This is a really fun industry. Um, I, I, I'll try to think of new creative ideas that I can help soccer or help football with and, and things like that. So, um, it's a catch 22. Yeah, I, I did have to get used to it here. But at the same time, it gives me more time and, and thought process to put into more creative ideas and, and make things even better, which it just the expectation at this level is higher. So you have to be thinking about those things. Um, but yeah, it, it, I had to get I had to get used to it. But it's still fun. I, I mean, it's, it's tough. I don't like sitting on the couch and staring at a blank wall or staring at TV. I'd rather be hands on doing something that I enjoy. And in this case, it's editing. So um, it's okay with me. I love it. Do you think, do you think that somebody can learn to be creative or do you think that's something that 
like is within you because again you're coming from a, a field That's where a good question i i think you can make an argument that aviation at least from the outside doesn't seem like a very creative field perhaps in a different uh, mindset i'm sure but uh do you do you think where do you come down on that whole uh debate so three out of five people in our office are left-handed and those are the more creative people. So that's my thought process is that if you're left-handed, you're probably creative, um, including myself. So no, I'm kidding. But the, the, I do, I would say that I think it, it does have to come to you, but if you have an eye for it, um, you can learn it. Like for me, it wasn't like, Oh, I loved making art and, you know, using crayons as a kid. I mean, I don't honestly remember, but I don't recall liking art and, 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 you know, using crayons as a kid, but I thought it was so cool more so to tell the story uh, of what these athletes are doing. And that's one thing I like about the collegiate level as compared to the professional level is that I get to really focus on the stories of these athletes. I'm not saying that they don't have them at the professional level, but there's a little, there's other focuses at the professional where here uh, I have the ability to focus on some of these kids who are working in, you know, just at these crazy degrees that I could never even see myself doing while playing football. Um, I think the other day, the kicker for the football team, who's he's insane. He's like, he's literally a national record holder at this point. He, the, the he was on a show and they asked him they're like, what, what's your hardest class so far? And he was like, anatomy. I was like, I'm not, why? Like, why are you taking anatomy? That sounds awful. <laughs> Sorry. But um, you know, it's, it's just, I think you can develop creativeness, but you have to have the eye for it and you have to have the drive for it. And I think that's where I get it from. Um, you know, I love capturing the moment. Um, one thing you'll see in, in a lot of things that I shoot is it's not just capturing the catch. It's capturing what's the guy going to do afterwards. What's he, what's his celebration going to be like, what's his face going to look like. Um, I had a clip very recently I took um, go viral. It was, it was really cool. I was in the end zone on a stabilizer and it's a new shot that we started doing after game two, but essentially, you know, I stand in the end zone. I stand right behind or left or right of the uprights and I wait to see if there's going to be something. And my job is to get the celebration. So I will run a 40 that way or a 40 that way and try to get it in the corner. Well, this time I got really lucky. I was just left of the pole I walked, you know, I, I see the play developing, passes coming in, middle of the end zone. So I take four steps to my right, and the guy comes right up to my camera. The fireworks go off in the background. It's 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 one of the coolest shots. I mean, it's it's a bucket list shot. And um that's just something that I, I, I love to create because like that's that's what I try to create in everything that I do. It's not just that shot where I'm trying to make sure I get the guy smiling and looking up into the the distance and it's every shot, but that one just encompasses everything that I try to shoot in, in one shot. Like if someone asked me, what's your shooting style, it would be that. And, and it's just the easiest way to do it. I, I want to uh, go on record here saying I played my role in helping that thing go viral. I watched it about 150 times. Okay, good. So uh, if you got some spare time, you got to go check it out. It is bonkers. Of a it, shot. It's a, one of my favorite shots. I don't think I'll beat it, to be honest. I, yeah. I think that's it. That's the one. Call it a day. Hang it up right now. But yeah, coming from that, you know, a videography background myself, that I just like can can only imagine like what you felt like being in that moment, being like having it all unfold in front of you. Be like, my God, yeah, it's happening. Yeah, I literally turned. I mean, I won't lie to you. I I got the shot and I turned. There's one of our sports information directors. He's he takes pictures on the sideline. I turned. I said, I did it, (laughs) and we. I started laughing. I don't even think he heard me, but. 
uh like you said it's just it was it was a really cool moment because like i said it encompassed everything that i try to do when i shoot and it was all in one shot and it was just it, it all unrolled perfectly i mean i couldn't couldn't probably recreate that to be honest but um but back to your main point about can you can you teach someone to be creative or is it something that's that you have i think it's a little bit of both i think you can have a spark and, and you can enjoy something and if you enjoy it enough you'll want to learn how to do it too and that's where i come from I mean, like everything from it's a little quirky, but like, I love magic. Like, I think magic's the coolest thing. And you love magic, actually. I forgot about that. Um, and so like, I watch people do magic and I was like, if I like it this much, why can't I do it too? Because if I do it, then I'm going to get the reaction that he's getting out of me. And so that's, that's pretty much what I, it's honestly very similar to why I love video is because I watch so much stuff. I'm like, that's a movie and it's literally a live scene um and and i sit there and go well if, if he's getting that reaction out of me how can i make that reaction out of the you know 20 other people that like this video and that's where i got the drive from to to create and you know start studying how other people shoot and how other people are creative um so in that sense i i learned but at the same time i i recognized the creativeness and what was already made so in, in that sense it was I, I had it from the beginning i guess I love that. And then really the moral of this entire story here is just being open to embracing those things and trying new things. So I, I think that's so cool. And it really, really does truly excite me. I know I say that a ton on this show. Uh, you know, I'm excited, I'm excited, I'm excited, but I'm an excitable person. You know, I, I love, I love this. <laughs> I think that really is so cool how, how you came from such a different background and you, you kind of had this stuff unfold, but you created these opportunities for yourself. It wasn't something that, you know, you just said, Hey, uh, I'm, I'm in this, you know, now I'm working in sports, you actively worked and pursued more opportunities and ways to get better. And I, I think that just from my perspective, looking in, you know, played a, an, an enormous role into getting you to, to where you are today. 100%. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say the moral of the story is that I like magic. I was gonna say, yeah, that's actually <laughs> no, the moral of the story. Um, <laughs> I Mark there. Yeah, uh, but no, I, I, uh, I, I really do look back sometimes like I, we mentioned right before we hopped on like I one of the videos I get to edit is the fourth quarter hype video for football right and I grew up you know walking distance a half a mile away from Northwestern football's facility where I really got my first start and that wow factor which is what I like to call kind of what drives and what we were just talking about but I you know I, I was a quarter mile or a half mile away from Northwestern football stadium and I got to watch this stuff and I used to be like, wow, that's so cool. Like that's an intro video. And this is in like 2007, like 2006, when I'm a young little kid in elementary school or middle school and like, wow, what goes into this? Like, how does this work? And I would get chills. I, I, I would think it was so cool. And I had no idea what went on behind the scenes. As I mentioned, like the first time I, I really learned what went on behind the scenes was my freshman year of college. And so sitting here for football, editing the fourth quarter hype video, which is meant to hype up the crowd and hype, you know, maybe if a couple players see it to get them excited. Uh, the fact that I get to make that and it's on our ginormous video board that I don't even know the dimensions, but it's, it's about the width of the field. It's insane. And I look up sometimes and I'm like, wow, like this is, this is all coming to fruition. Like I started with a little camera at Lynn and now I'm making stuff that's on a video board here at Wake Forest at a power five school. And like, I don't, I don't mean that in a, in a bragging way whatsoever. It was, it's just more of like a realization, like, and it's a, it's a subtle reminder that, that I did it. Like it, it, with lack of a better term is just that, that I did it and I was able to make it happen just by, you know, really sticking to it and, and, and you know, head down grinding 
um, through the through the path to get here is just every single time I see something like that or even the intro video I made for soccer. We have a really cool video board at soccer and I see that and I'm like, I, I shot that. Like, that's good. Like, that looks really good. That's something that I would look at three years ago and go, how do I make that? Like, I want to make that. And, and that's where it all comes full circle is when, when that thought process hits me and I'm like, how, Hey, I would, I would be jealous of that is, is when I feel really good, but no, you got, you got to take the pride in, in that progress that you're making, because, you know, if you don't do that, then, you know, what is it all for? So um, that's, that's incredible stuff. Before we wrap up here, I, I know you're far from done in this industry. You're climbing the ladder, but this is just the beginning. So what is it looking like uh, down the road? What, what is the goal for you? in this particular industry or maybe outside of this industry? Yeah, you know, I, I think I really want to stay in athletics. Um, you know, I really like hands-on ability. I like the fact that I get to, you know, participate in interests. You know, we're doing one tonight for, for basketball. Um, that's really cool to me. Like to say that I was the guy behind the camera for that shot. I love the hands-on. I also really love the business side of me, which I got from my management degree at Lynn was the fact that I love managing. I love the management aspect. I like the numbers. Why do, why do we do it this way? You know, rather than just being a piece of the puzzle, I like in helping, you know, bring the puzzle together. And so down the road, I could easily see myself being in more of a director position, um, you know, maybe a creative services director role or an athletic director for uh, creative content. I could easily see myself getting into something like that. Um, but I definitely see myself staying in athletics and, and being in more of a supervisor uh, managerial role for sure. I love it. I love it. This is, this is a testament to, to say that anything is possible here because if a young aviation magician from Chicago, you know, can make it, level, anything is possible. Anything is possible. I love it. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you're going to throw that magician thing in there every chance you get now. <laughs> You know, it's, it's something that us magicians, you know, we like to throw jabs at each other. Um, we're actually speaking something completely different right now. And you guys right. have no idea what we're saying. That's called, that's called sleight yeah. of tongue, as we say in the industry. <laughs> so, um, but as we're coming to the end of the, the show here, we're finishing up, wrapping things up with uh, one of my favorite segments where we're uh, cashing out. And this is where you leave us with your most valuable piece of advice, as if you haven't already left us with incredibly valuable pieces of advice already. So What's your big one tip lesson takeaway for the people scoring at home to leave them with a little extra cash in their pocket? Uh, my cash drop would have to be the fact that, you know, if you see something and, and you're really interested and you really want to, to learn it, take the time. I mean, there's no time like the present to just sit there and, and don't just sit there and, oh, man, maybe I'll do this. No, get active and, and, and try to make it happen. Um, and I, I never regret the fact that I got an aviation degree at Lynn. I think it's really cool. I got to meet some incredibly cool people. I worked at the Boca Airport right there next to campus. Um, met some really high, you know, I met Lane Kiffin coming off of an airplane, right? I wouldn't do that if I went to, to videography school or whatever you want to call it. Um, but the fact that I took the opportunity on both sides, both the fact that I took the opportunity from Lynn in terms of an education and, and working towards that aviation degree, um, and getting that athletic communications experience, I would have to say that you know, the biggest thing is just just work for what you want and, and don't be afraid to do so. I think that that's the most important thing is in the end of it, you're just going to regret not doing it. If you wanted to do it at one point, you're probably going to still want to do it you know, two years from now or three years from now when you look back at the bum and go, man, I probably should have gotten started on that. Um, you know, I, I, 
I wish I had learned Spanish. That's one thing that like I really regret. And it's one of those things where I started doing it and I was like, ah, no, I'll get to it at some point. It's been five years. I still don't know Spanish very well. I could tell you hello. I know where to say like, where's my dog? I, I'm really good at that. But it's one of those one of those situations on the counter to what I did. I didn't teach myself Spanish. So I, I regret it and I, I still want to learn Spanish. So nonetheless, yeah, if you, if you want to do something, stick your head to it, get it done. Um, it, it, it will pay off long-term. I love it. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Spencer Rubin. What more can I say? Thank you so much for coming on today.